You know, the children were talking about the prophecies, the prophecies of the, the Old Testament prophets, for example, in Isaiah chapter uh, 7 and verse 14, about a, a, a virgin conceiving and bringing forth a son. Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6 was mentioned a couple of times. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Listen to what Peter says in Acts chapter 10 and verse 43. To him, to the Lord Jesus Christ, to him give all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. Peter says that all the prophets spoke and pointed to the Lord Jesus Christ and his coming. Do you realize from Genesis chapter 3, from Adam and Eve sitting in the garden, do you realize from that moment the Lord came and he says in verse 15 that there would be one coming off the seed of the woman, this virgin girl we've heard about, Mary. And he would crush the head of the serpent. The first prophecy of the Lord Jesus Christ. He would crush the serpent's head. Born at Bethlehem, growing up as a man. And then of course being crucified. And the old serpent is the devil. And the devil thought that he had killed the Christ. Killed he who came to save sinners. But really what the devil had done, he had actually fulfilled the word and the will of God. And Christ on the cross crushed the head of the serpent, the devil. When you think of all the prophecies, some say uh, there's a prophecy nearly in every other verse, but there are at least least known to be between three to six hundred direct Old Testament prophecies. Some very... Well, do you know there's a man, uh, Peter Stoner, and he was in, in the university. He's a mathematician and a statistician, and he started to try to work it out. If we take eight prophecies, just eight, just eight, of those of the coming of Christ, the fulfilling of them on the cross, listen to what he said. He said that he, for him to work this out, it would be 10 to the power of 17. And so he gives us an example what 10 to the power of 17 would be for you and I to be able to try and work out what it would be for one man, for one man to fulfill just eight of these prophecies in the time scale that they were fulfilled in. And so this is the example he left us. I don't know if you've ever been to the United States. We've been uh, a number of times and uh, Alison and I would go over and the girls have been before and we have been over there while I would take a conference and then what we would do is we would go on and have a week or two while we're over in the States. And one time we had flown into uh, Dallas, Fort Worth and we started driving around Texas and we realized just how big America really is. 
In Northern Ireland, we tend to think that if we go from here and we live 20 miles away from church, it's too far. They would go there for that for a pint of milk. And Texas is so vast a, a state in the United States of America that it's just really indescribable unless you have been there. It is a vast, vast state. And we have drove around quite a bit of the northern territory of it up into Tulsa and Oklahoma. And it took hours upon hours just to get out of it, the state of Texas. So Peter Stoner says that for Christ to fulfill eight of these prophecies in such this period, short period of time, for one man to do it, this is what it would take. He said it would be like, they used the word dime. Let me work, use the word ten pence, can we? So we know what that is. Be like taking a ten pence piece and marking one ten pence piece and then filling the whole of the state of Texas, north, south, east, and west of the whole vast state of Texas with these ten pence pieces. And right across the state they were they would be two foot high. I think about this. Two foot high. Ten pence pieces. The whole of the state. Then you take the one ten pence that you had marked and it is cast somewhere into the midst of all of these ten pence pieces. Two foot high of a pile right the whole way covering the face of Texas. Then you take a man and you blindfold him. And you bring him to the middle of the state. And he stands in the middle of the state and you say, okay, you have one goal. Not two goals or three goals, but you have one goal at picking up and finding this one marked ten pence piece. Now think about this. The state of Texas covered. You could fit all of Ireland there many times. Covered two foot high with one ten pence piece. It's the only one that's marked and you've one goal to find it. Hence, for the prophets to prophesy and for Christ to be able to fulfill just eight of the hundreds, just eight of the hundreds of the prophecies about the Lord Jesus Christ. He says this would be an exact example of how hard it would be for someone to fulfill them. Peter in Acts 10 and verse 43 says to him, to him, to Christ, to the Lord Jesus, to him give all the prophets witness. I told us an, an old church in England and when you walk into the old church in England, upon, up both sides of it, there's these stained glass windows. And then there's an altar down the bottom of it with another stained glass window. And in every stained glass window on both sides, there's a depiction of the prophets. And every one of them on this side are pointing with the left hand. And every one of them on this side are pointing with the right hand. But they're all pointing toward the altar. 
And when you get to the altar, there's a depiction of Christ. And at the bottom of that stained glass window at the altar, the depiction of Christ that says, to him give all the prophets witness. They pointed from Genesis chapter 3 to verse 15. They pointed, he is coming, he is coming, he is coming, he is coming. All the prophets, he is coming, he is coming, he is coming, he is coming. He's coming in Isaiah 7 and 14 through a virgin's womb. He is coming in Isaiah 9 and 6. Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. He's coming in Micah chapter 5 and verse 2. In Bethlehem of Rephatha, thou shalt find him in Judah. It starts whittling it down, right, as the time goes closer. And the prophets are saying, he's getting closer, it's getting closer, he's coming, he's coming. And Israel waited upon the Messiah. They waited on him, expecting him to come on a great white charger, a great white horse with enemy uh, armies for the enemy to defeat their enemies. But he came as a baby. He was led in a manger. And he fulfilled all the prophecies that were spoken about him. They go to arrest him as he's speaking one day. And they can't arrest him and they go back to the temple. They are off the praetorium guard there. And they're asked, where is he? Why have you not arrested the Christ? And this was the words of the men who were supposed to arrest him. Never man speak like this man. Never man speak like this man. You know why? Because the rabbis took from each other. They started copying from copying. And they copied from copy. Then they added their bit. And they added their commentary. But when Christ came, he came with newness. He came with freshness. He came with revelation. And he brought almighty God to man. He was the word made flesh. And they said, never man speak like this man. For he had fulfilled all of these prophecies that were spoken about him. Remember Texas? Remember the ten pence pieces, two foot high, all over the face of Texas. And the one coin that's marked to find it with one go, blindfolded. See, never man was like this man. There's no one like the Lord. There's none like him. So why am I telling you that in the close of this wonderful evening? Because to him give all the prophets witness that through his name he's the only begotten son of the father. And his name is uniquely the saving name. Because in Matthew 1 and verse 21 it says, Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And the name of Jesus means Jehovah Savior. And Jehovah saved in the person of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. His name is above every other name. For Paul tells us, That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven, of things in earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ 
is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So, friend, I'm asking you tonight, since the, the scriptures are so precise, and since salvation in Christ is so unique, I must ask you, what do you think it says about his name? That if you ask in his name for salvation, repenting of your sin, listen to what it says. That through his name, whosoever believeth in him, believing from the heart, shall receive remission of sins. Are your sins forgiven? Have you had your sins forgiven? Well, I'm trying. You can't try your sins away. Well, I'm working at it. You can't work your sins away. Well, I'm paying for it. You can't pay your sins away. You know why? Because Jesus paid it all. He died on the cross at Calvary. The one who came as a babe in the manger, he died on the cross for you. I notice here that if you call on him, he will save you. But if you do not call on him, then you remain in a condition that you're lost and without Christ. Let me finish with this. I told you I won't keep you long. Finish with this. If the Bible or since the Bible tells us, tells you tonight, every one of us tonight, since the Bible has told us and tells us that the scriptures are so accurate, accurate, the accuracy of the the scripture is this, that Christ would come to fulfill many prophecies, let alone eight. Remember Tectus? Remember the ten pence piece? That Christ could come and fulfill many, many scriptures, many, many prophecies about him. And he came and he did it. Well, the Bible also tells us in its full accuracy because it is fully inspired by the word, or pardon me, by the Spirit of God. It tells us as well that you must be born again. Please stop for a second and think, since the Bible is so accurate, it says you must be born again. You must not, maybe, there's a chance you'll have to be or it would be better if you were. Jesus himself said, you must, M-U-S-T, you must be born again. You must. Well, tell me, how do I be born again? Well, when the Spirit is speaking to you and causing the anxiousness that you're not saved, Speaking to you that you know you need a saviour and Christ is the only saviour then. You come repenting of your sin and claiming that Christ has died for you and ask him to save you. Cry for mercy and Christ will save you. Because you must be born again. That's how accurate the scripture is in 2021 coming into 2022 are you born again because the bible says it john chapter 3 and verse 7 you must be born again not you must be religious doesn't say you must be a protestant 
You must be a Roman Catholic. You must be Orthodox or wherever else. It says you must be born again. You must be. If you want to enter into God's heaven. Are you saved? Are you born again? You see the Bible is so accurate. It speaks of him coming and he fulfills them. And the Bible tells us that he's coming again. Just as he did the first time and fulfilled the prophecies, he's coming again the second time, but he's not coming as a baby. He's not coming as a lamb to be slain on a cross. He's coming as a lion. He's coming as the lion of the tribe of Judah, a conquering warrior. So are you ready? Are you saved? Are you born again? Because it's the word that tells you so, not the preacher. So I trust us this evening that if you're not saved, that you will see some of us before you leave. Say, help me. Help me, for I need to get right with God. I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. We can help you. We can't save you, but we can help you and point you to Christ who alone saves. And may you do so tonight for his name's sake and for his glory. God bless you. You know, Gary, thank you for your hard work in writing that and for Glenda and Denise. I'm going to forget people. I'm going to not know who all went out, but for all the organization of things, all the work went in and I could sort of look for the leaders and Paul and Wendy and Linda and, and who else there? I said, Glenda, so I'll forget someone. Forgive me. I'm not forgetting you. I'm just not sure all who went out. You just put on a wonderful evening. A couple of wee glitches there, but the children done so well. And I just want to say, children, you were excellent tonight. You were really, really good.